Do you love planning for the future? Does financial counseling or life insurance spark your ears? It may be time for you to learn about becoming an accredited financial counselor, selling life insurance, or getting your Series 63 registration. Let's hear from our mill spouse friend and mentor, Shiva, about how each of these helped her career. Welcome to the Burt Force Podcast. Our show helps active duty military spouses plan virtual careers. Each week, we'll be uncovering the secrets of virtual work to help get you hashtag hired. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the show for you. We are bringing you everything from juicy job opportunities to advice on how to glow up for a virtual interview. And now, Let's meet our host. She's the change maker responsible for getting over 700 military spouses hashtag hired and making a $15 million impact in the military community. Burt Force founder, professional speaker, remote staff augmentation specialist, visionary. Here's our host, Kimber Hill. Welcome back to our series, Certs That Get You, Hashtag Hired. I'm your host, Kimber Hill, and today we are talking to those of you who love financial planning. And no, I'm not talking about bookkeeping or accounting. I'm talking about investments like life insurance, stocks, bonds, and all of the above. For this conversation, we're going to chat with two guests. Let's meet our first She may seem serious, but behind the scenes, she is a load of silliness. She's the proud mother of two beautiful girls, the spouse of an army ranger, a housing manager for the U.S. Army Management Command, MBA. She holds a real estate license, accredited financial counselor certification, Series 6 and Series 63 registrations, and life insurance license. She's going to tell us a lot about these certifications today, so please welcome Miss Shiva Dodka. Vertforce is launching something big, Rocket Remote, our proven method to harness LinkedIn for your remote career search. Our LinkedIn video modules in Rocket Remote give you the keys to rev up LinkedIn's search engine capabilities and unlock the secrets to navigating its vast digital network. But LinkedIn is not all you get. Rocket Remote combines our LinkedIn video modules with our popular resume bootcamp course so you have exactly what you need to prepare for the virtual job market. Subscribe at bit.ly forward slash vf hyphen rr. That's bit.ly forward slash vf hyphen rr. Shiva, thank you for joining us on the show. Hi, everyone. My name is Shiva Dadka. I currently work for the Army Management Command for Fort Stewart in Georgia, and I'm the housing manager there. Now, throughout my career, I worked in the financial industry for over 14 years, and I obtained a Series 663 registration licenses that helped me move up in my position from a financial representative to a financial investment representative. That gave me the ability to sell annuities, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, and the ability to advance in my career within the financial institution. So from there, I also obtained what's called the accredited financial counselor certification that also helps me with aligning my financial career with the opportunity for advancing to other positions within the financial institution. Now, if you're wanting to sell annuities and mutual funds, a series six and 63 will suffice for that. But if you're wanting to sell stocks, I would go with a series seven. That is what will actually make you eligible to sell solely as a broker with stocks. Yeah. So before we get going too deep into exactly what each of these certifications are and what you recommend, let's hop back to what you did to acquire these certifications. Let's go back to your experience in banking for 14 years. 
Can you tell us a little bit about how you managed that as a military spouse, how you managed a career in banking for 14 years? Yes. So part of my career was before I met my spouse. I started working in banking when I was 16 as a teller, and I kind of worked my way up. Now, recently, I just got married a little over four years ago. But the good thing about the financial institution that I worked with, Navy Federal Credit Union, they are a military-affiliated bank. So anywhere that you may relocate to PCS, more than 90% of the chances is that there's going to be a military installation with a Navy Federal near you. That way your career can also move with you. Yep, I've noticed that. So while you were in banking, what motivated you to pursue the certifications that you have? Yeah, so I was a financial representative and I had heard about our investment program where you can sell different types of mutual funds, annuities, life insurance. I became intrigued and I had asked my manager if I could go through the program of obtaining the series 6 and 63. And some of the process to obtain those series, I had to take exams through Kaplan Financial Education. That is the school that offers the actual educational program. And then I had to pass the final exam for both series 663. After passing the exams for those along with the life insurance, I was then a licensed and registered financial representative, where not only was I doing investments, but I was also doing banking simultaneously. Okay. So at what point did the accredited financial counselor certification come in and the life insurance certification or the life insurance license come in? Yeah. So the life insurance, I actually had to obtain that while I was going for the series six and 63. So in order to sell annuities, you have to be licensed with a life insurance along with the series 63. The Series 6 is more for mutual funds and different securities that you may sell, such as bonds. If you're wanting stocks, you would go more with the Series 6. And then the accredited financial counselor, that is more on the banking side, more on budgeting, debt consolidation, any type of financial wealth management or portfolio management. And that was something that I obtained because I transitioned my career to a housing manager that I am right now within the federal government. And we do a lot with the budgeting. So with the accredited financial counselor certification, it helped me with that budgeting side with the federal government. All right. That helps put perspective and insight on how that particular certification helped you even pivot your career. So what types of jobs and salaries can a military spouse expect to gain with these certifications? Yes. So with the Series 6 and 63, you're going to be looking at becoming a financial advisor, a financial representative, a retirement representative, any type of life insurance company, investment company. Also administrators, a lot of people who sell the annuities and mutual funds, they have administrators. They need people that are licensed that can administer all the paperwork and assist with the clients. With the accredited financial counselor, you can obtain positions such as a financial counselor, financial advisor, a budget analyst, um, financial management specialist. And the neat thing about all of these licenses and certifications is that let's say you want to transition your career to becoming a professor. A lot of their criteria is having experience or education. And a lot of these can substitute for other education requirements that they're needing um, in lieu of being able to obtain that professor position. Right, because it's real world experience. Absolutely. It's incredibly meaningful. And I want to keep that in our listener's ear and in our listener's mind because, you know, we are going to bring on another guest to talk about these certifications from an entrepreneurial perspective. 
or similar certifications at least, but I want our listeners to stay tuned in to Shiva's perspective here because she has used these certifications in many careers. She is not an entrepreneur. She is working as a career woman for organizations, and she's been able to pivot. She's been able to pivot from banking. Didn't you teach, Shiva? Yes. I teach for Webster University as an adjunct instructor. It's actually a passion of mine to become a full-time professor one day, but a lot of it had to do with, at first, networking. And I had met the director and asked for the opportunity to teach. And they looked at all of my experience, certifications, licenses. Mm -hmm. They submitted it. I was approved to teach a master's level course intro for the MBA program only because of all of my certifications, licenses, and experience. Right. So you've been able to pivot from banking to being an adjunct professor to working for the federal government with these certifications. They hold weight. They hold real-world meaning. Absolutely. For a career standpoint, I would say yes. So why should our mill spouse community consider the securities certifications? I would say to consider the securities registrations is if they're wanting to obtain a career within the banking industry, some sort of investment industry, within the financial realm, a career side. If they're not seeking any of, like, let's say you're looking at the medical field, then I'm not going to recommend to those to get a series six and 63. This is more for those who are deciding on a career that is related to something in finance. Okay, so how about the life insurance license? Why should people look at that one? Life insurance is something that you can do as an addition to your primary job. You can always hold that under you. So for example, if you PCS to, let's say another state, and you already have a life insurance license, it would be easy for you to be able to obtain another one for that state. But you're not worried about finding a new job, working for an organization. You at least have something that you can count on to bring in income for the meantime until you do find that primary job. Okay. And then let let me ask you the same thing about the AFC. Why would you recommend the AFC? So that is a certification that will always follow you. Let's say for some reason you lost your job or you had to PCS, you have that certification. So if you're going online, you're looking for jobs, there's going to be so many different jobs that are going to fall underneath a financial counselor, such as financial advisor, budget analyst, financial management specialist, even an accountant. So that certification is going to help you when it comes to finding a job and relocating. And with having a financial counseling certification, it also requires you to have some sort of experience in the finance industry. And people see that, they see that it's reputable, and they're going to want to hire you because of that. So who tests you for these certifications? Is it FINRA? So FINRA is the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. They are the ones that regulate all the securities. That's who you're regulated through. But you would actually go through Kaplan Financial Education That's one of the schools that provides the curriculum. And through that curriculum, they will then align you with whatever state you're going to be registered in. And they will align you with that exam, whatever testing site that you would go to underneath Kaplan. And that's for the registries, the Series 6, the 63, and the 7, right? Yes, correct. Okay. What about for the life insurance license and the accredited financial counselor? Yes. So the life insurance can also be taken through Kaplan, the university. They offer the education program for that as well. But as far as the testing, they will also coordinate that with the state, depending on what state you're taking it through, so that you can get the proctored exam and then obtain that license. And then for the accredited financial counselor certification, that is through the organization called ACPE. That organization is has the actual 
educational curriculum for the accredited mm-hmm. financial counselor. They will align the proctoring exam for you as well. After you pass that exam, then you will obtain the certification. Great. Thank you so much for explaining that and helping us wrap our head around, okay, well, if I want to start, where do I go? How do I study? Who's going to proctor this for me? So let me ask you this. Will these certifications transfer with you? That's a great question. So the series, any series that you get, because there's multiple ones, but the main ones, I would say 663 and 7, those, as long as, let's say you transfer to another state, you get with the organization that you work for, they will be the ones to transfer those theories to another state, but it would go through FINRA. They would just assign your name with the series for that specific state, and that's the state that you can sell the securities through. So okay. that's pretty easy to transfer over. But for the life insurance, you will have to retake the exam for whatever state it is that you will be selling the life insurance or annuities. And then the accredited financial counselor certification, that one is nationally accredited. So the good thing about that one is it will transfer with you for any state. The only thing is, is that a lot of these securities registrations and life insurance license, you do have to keep up with what's called your continuing education. Otherwise, your license can go on what's called a lapsed status. And then you may not be active anymore and you have to retake all the exams over. Yeah, you definitely don't want to let that lapse. So Shiva, what is the study process like for the securities registries? Yeah, so the good thing is it is self-paced. It's really on your time and how long it might take you to study the material and pass it. For me, it took me three months to study for the Series 663 and life insurance. So I obtained all three of those within that time frame and passed all exams on the first try. You do get multiple attempts to pass the exam. The only thing is if you don't pass it the first time, they will charge you an additional exam fee. Now, most organizations, for example, Navy Federal, when I worked for them, they did pay for all the study material, the school, and the exam. If for some reason I did not pass the exam, they were willing to repay for the second exam. So it just really depends on the organization that you're working for and how much they're going to dive in to managing and paying for the cost of your certifications. So what about the life insurance license and the AFC? Do I have to have an employer sponsor me to pursue those or can I do those independently? That is a great question. So the life insurance, uh, you do not have to have an organization sponsor you. You can take that on your own. You just go online and you, whatever state that you're living in, you would look up life insurance license exam and you have to find the school. The main one that is nationally accredited is called Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N. They do offer the life insurance and all of the series educational curriculums. But the life insurance you can take on your own. And then the accredited financial counselor, that as well, you can take on your own. That one, actually, they give you up to three years to finish the accredited financial counselor. But it's really up to you when you want to finish the courses. You can finish it in one month up until whatever time frame they give you. Wow. So you have about a month to three years to finish that one. I could never spread it out that long. I would have to do it immediately. I would have to sit down and hammer it out. Absolutely. I would try to finish it within at least three months, no later than six, because you want to have all that information fresh in your mind. So when it comes time to passing that exam, which is proctored, that you have all that information and knowledge very fresh and you're able to pass the exam the first time. So what's the investment look like for the life insurance license and the AFC? Is it under 500, under 1,000? What kind of 
investment would a mill spouse need to make in those two certs? So the AFC is relatively between 600 to 1500, no more than 1500. I actually got that certification through the MYCAA program. It's a scholarship offered to military spouses that their spouses are ranked E5 and below. And then the series six and 63, those registrations are covered through your organization. Those are not registrations that you can get on your own. So as far as the exams and the study material that is all paid primarily through them, but I would say no more than 500. And then the life insurance should not be more than 500, depending on the state that you're taking the actual license. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning my CAA. That's something that has not come up in our series yet. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. We'll be sure to put some links to my CAA in the show notes for everyone listening who would be interested in trying to pursue that. Regarding certifications, what other advice would you offer to our military spouse and service member listeners? Yeah, so what I recommend is throughout your career, any opportunity that you get to obtain a certification, a license, go for it, especially if your organization is going to offer to pay. I say take full action, take the certification, the license, because it's going to benefit you in the long run. You might feel like, oh, well, how is it going to benefit me now? What is it going to do for me? But you never know what it can do for you in the future, especially mm-hmm. in the finance industry. There's so many certifications that can help you in different areas. And I transitioned my career from finance to a housing manager in the federal government. But I will say that also with my real estate license that I have, that that helped me obtain my position that I'm in as a housing manager because it is relatable. So just keep striving and keep getting those certifications and just ask questions, network, and try to get information on which ones are the most beneficial to your career. Yeah, I mean, overall, what I'm hearing is a certification can't hurt you. Even if you don't stay in that career field, it will only continue to benefit you. And that's a big takeaway that I want our listeners to walk away from this episode with and walk away from this series is that no one can ever take your education away from you. It can only ever amplify your skill set and it can only ever amplify your chances at landing that next career move. Shiva, thank you so much for sharing your career journey with us and enlightening us on so many of these different certifications that are available to our community. These are things that I would never think about because this is not my industry. So I'm glad that you and I got to meet and have this conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show. If you'd like to connect with Shiva, you can find her on LinkedIn, Shiva Dadka, that's S-H-E-I-V-A. D-A-D-K-H-A-H. And we will, of course, include that link in the show notes. This has been another installment of our series, Certs That Get You Hashtag Hired on the Vertforce podcast. If you've decided to pursue one of the certifications that Shiva shared with us today, the accredited financial counselor, the insurance license, or the series six or 63, write us and let us know. Podcast at vertforce.us is the magic email address. We hope to hear from you. If you appreciate this content, share it with a fellow military spouse, remote team member, or just a friend. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss another episode in certs that get you hashtag hired. Stay-at-home profit knows how game-changing remote work opportunities are for the military community. While providing education, consulting, scholarships, and career opportunities for military spouses and veterans in remote work through virtual assisting and digital marketing, we are proud to say that our students have been able to work with clients who have been featured in Forbes, Thrive Global, 
Marie Claire Magazine, and Yahoo Finance. From local businesses, tech startups, and Fortune 500 companies, Stanholm Profit has spent four years developing and perfecting multiple programs that enhance military spouses and veteran skill sets and experience to get hired remotely in the digital workforce. Join the Stanholm Profit family today and check out our five-week RVAC Remote Virtual Assistant Certificate Program. We believe you have the determination to build a remote career. So let us help you develop those skill sets so you can get started today. Check us out at bit.ly forward slash VF hyphen profit dot com. Welcome back to our series, Certs That Get You Hashtag Hired. I'm your host, Kimber Hill, and today we are continuing the conversation about registrations and licenses that will help you get hashtag hired in the banking, insurance, and investment space. Our guest for this conversation should be a familiar voice if you're a long-term listener. He's lived overseas for more than a decade. He's been to 50 countries. He refuses to conform to the norm of how we, quote, should, unquote, live and work. He's a 2002 West Point grad who left the military in 2008, and he's been working with active duty and veterans ever since. He's the founder of U.S. Vet Wealth, a lifestyle and financial consulting brand that helps service members go from paychecks and government benefits to wealth and liberty. Please welcome our good friend, Scott Tucker. Hey, Scott, thanks for joining the show again. Great to be here, Kimber. Thanks. So glad that you're back with us. Scott, you described yourself as being self-taught when it comes to learning the modern digital skill set needed to be a part of the economy today. I know that it's allowed you to create websites and learn social media and publish books, things like that. But how has it really benefited you and your career? Well, the reality is success comes to those who are the most well-known. And if you look at any industry, the highest paid are those who are well-known. I mean, look at Dave Ramsey, Dr. Phil. Now, it used to be you had to become that celebrity to attract all that wealth. But in this day and age, you know, just having enough of the digital skills and, you know, the wherewithal to, hey, I got to put myself out there. Most people are doing it every day on Facebook anyway, sharing, you know, their family photos. Why not learn how to share the actual value that you can bring others? And so once I learned to do that and what I really struggled doing in the financial industry, attracting clients, because I didn't like the idea of just schmoozing with people on the golf course. I wanted to actually show people, hey, here's something of value. And so as I learned to do it, the right types of people came to me so I didn't have to run around trying to convince everybody. So tell us exactly what do you do and how does it fit within the financial industry space? Well, what we're doing in the financial space that's different than the traditional, you know, do a budget, save for retirement, and, you know, pray the stock market works out for over 40 years, and then hopefully you can <laughs> retire in your 60s and, you know, be done. We realize, hey, in this day and age, especially amongst the military family community, that people are getting out of the military in their 30s and 40s, even if they've done a full career. And, you know, they got a whole lifetime ahead of them. And what we've been told to do, you know, do a resume and then go get a job that you know, just replaces a salary without ever asking, what is it you want to do in your post-military life? We have so much going for us in this day and age as a veteran in the United States of America with all the benefits and goodwill, you can really position yourself to go do what you want, but unfortunately has to do with this thing called money. And so what I realized is, hey, if we're going to do any sort of you know financial planning for lack of a better term, because I don't like that word, it shouldn't necessarily be for retirement. What are your real priorities? The opportunity is at that moment you leave the military. So if we're not thinking financially about that opportunity, well, then of course, we've got to go take that next job to replace that paycheck. When really in this day and age, there's a lot more that you can do so you can align your sense of purpose with that dollar. So you're not just spending your time for money. Instead, maybe you spend your money for time so you can, you know, instead of working to live, live to work and go do what you really want to do. Right. So you're helping veterans align themselves with their post-military career and transition into 
managing their finances and managing their money in a way that's going to work for them, especially if they're retiring early, right? Because, mm. you know, if you go into the military early, it's it's very common for you to get out at 40. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention, if you're collecting a pension in your 40s, like, what is the value of that? And instead of thinking of it as, oh, I'm getting a few extra thousand dollars a month finally, but I still need another job. You know, really, what would it take to get a few extra thousand dollars a month? What would any other American have to do? They'd have to have a million dollars in the bank to be able to draw down on that. So it's like you think about it that way. It's like, holy cow, I've got an asset here. My career in the military is an asset. And I, I don't want to just go work. Maybe, maybe one day I want to position myself where I can leverage that asset, and not just work for somebody else. And, and I, I think really when we see so many veterans coming out broke and unmotivated, that's because they think, oh, well, I'll just keep working and live paycheck to paycheck when really we can position ourselves for opportunity to maybe one day, if we want to, not have to work for somebody else. Because ultimately, that's the freedom that we all seek. Thank you for sharing that, Scott. So we are opening this conversation about the series 65 registration and license insurance sales because we're talking to the military spouse community about certifications that can help them become more marketable in this digital and virtual space. And we've had a conversation also with our friend Shiva, and Shiva made a case for the Series 6 and the Series 63. Shiva comes at this from a kind of corporate career experience, but you bring a really valuable perspective. You bring the perspective of the entrepreneur, someone who's working for themselves. So in your opinion, why are these not the most helpful licenses? Well, it's they can be helpful if you're going the corporate route for sure. But, you know, the vast majority of military spouses are having to move all the time. And, you know, in the pre-COVID age, for sure, you had to go into an office. And most of these financial firms, while they've, of course, been forced to become more flexible, they're still going to want to have that come look at our big office environment. And, you know, what those licenses require if you're becoming, you know, an advisor, if you're going to be an investment advisor or money manager or giving people financial advice, those licenses are tied to the Financial Regulatory Authority, which like much of government has way overstepped their oversight for compliance. Like when I had my Series 6 and 63 license, I couldn't even send an email to my close friends just saying, you know, come to my birthday party. That would have had to have gotten pre-approved. So imagine writing a book, doing blogs, doing podcasts. No, everything has to be pre-approved. And it's just very, very cumbersome. And when reality in this day and age, to do that type of investment advice, you can do that without those licenses, thanks to new technologies. And that's also important, too, because if you're the kind of person who wants to get out there and get your own clients build your own business, you don't necessarily need to be regulated or held back, correct? Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, it's almost a necessity in this day and age because they've commoditized those licenses where you know we can hold the license, but what is it that makes you different from anybody else? Even if you're at the exact same firm as somebody else, you know, you need to differentiate yourself to attract clients. But mm -hmm. you know, if you're working in the back office, you don't technically need those licenses if you're working, you know, say you're doing the paperwork for an advisor with those licenses. So you know, only require licenses if you plan to get paid for financial advice. And with the Series 6 and 63, you have to work with what's called a broker-dealer, which really puts you into that old school 1980s you know, big box mentality. Which is great if that's the direction you want to go or you're already yeah. employed there and you're trying to climb, you're trying to move up or you're trying to further your career with that organization. But if you're taking a different approach, these are not necessarily necessary. <laughs> necessarily necessary. <laughs> <laughs> so redundant today. So you told me in a previous conversation that you actually dropped your Series 6 and your Series 7 registrations. Can you tell me a little bit about what these are or why you had them to begin with? And then why did you make the decision to drop them? 
Yeah. I mean, the only reason I had him is because I got recruited out of the military. Like, like many veterans, you know, come work for our financial firm. you you can be self-employed. That's not really true, but that's what they tell you. You just go get these licenses and now you're a financial advisor. So the assumption is I go get the license and therefore now I'm an expert. Like, you know, that's misleading, but that's how I had to put myself out there. And so really I had to spend all my time, you know, schmooze. I'm an introvert. I don't like to schmooze. I go golfing and schmooze with people to become a client, or I would sponsor an event and stand there all day, you know, get asking people to sign up for my gift certificates. So that's what I was having to do and to attract any sort of business. It was very uncomfortable, felt very disingenuous. And then I was limited to the, the types of strategies I was allowed to use and the types of products I could use for clients simply because it's whatever my broker dealer who's hanging my license is allowing me to do. And so when I was kind of having my you know, midlife crisis, uh, so to speak, and trying to figure out you know, who I was, what did I really want to do? I wrote a book and I really just wrote it to myself, but I was wanted to publish it. And it had nothing to do with finances whatsoever. But because I mentioned something financially related in the book, my firm wouldn't let me do it, wouldn't let me publish it. And I was just like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like I have a story to tell that I wish somebody would have told me when I was getting out of the military many years before. I know somebody that could read this could benefit. It doesn't even have to, it has more to do with finding your sense of purpose. And they wouldn't let me publish it. I was like, this is more valuable than any financial advice anyways. So that's what I decided to say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to drop these licenses then and go out on my own and really allowed me to become much more independent and go down whatever path you know, I wanted to. I like that you followed what was meaningful to you and you realized the value in what you were ready to deliver to the world versus letting those regulations hold you back. All right, so if you're recommending that we not pay as close attention to the Series 6 and 63, what other certifications do you recommend? Well, really the easiest one to get is the life insurance and or you can get life and health insurance. And so there's lots of companies out there that would happily want to work with somebody who's already licensed in the life and health. It's it's very cheap to get the license. It's very easy to study for and at least gets you into the financial industry. Now, what you want to do with it, that's a whole nother story. But if you want to actually get into investment advice, where you're saying you're looking at an individual and say, and you ask them, hey, what are your goals? You know, what's your risk tolerance that you're willing to do? You know, how much you can actually give the advice. All right, here's the stock and bond portfolio we'd recommend for you. You can technically what's called managing money. And that's what the Series 65 gives you. It's an investment advisory license, very, very specific to that. People use it, though, to do financial coaching, to do just paid for investment, you know, regular financial advice that has maybe nothing to do with, with portfolio management. So you can do all the stuff that you do with the Series 6 and 63. The only thing you can't do, technically, is sell mutual funds. Well, mutual funds are irrelevant because there are investment advisory firms that basically do the exact same thing for cheaper than mutual funds that you can use with a Series 65. So the Series 65 simply allows you to get paid by a client or by an investment advisory firm for using their services for a client. The life insurance license simply allows you to get paid for brokering insurance in whatever capacity, whether it's disability, health, life insurance, so on and so forth. But to be a financial coach, you don't necessarily have to have any of those licenses, actually. Really? Yeah. Tell yeah. me a little bit more about that, the financial coach. Look at all the online bloggers, financial bloggers. A lot of them have paid clients where it's more or less kind of like, I mean, look at Dave Ramsey coaches, for example. I think, I don't know if that's actually, that's what they do. But either way, there's lots of bloggers, podcasters, whatever, who set up financial coaching programs who hold no licenses whatsoever. There's a whole community in FinCon of financial coaches who do that. Some of them do have licenses, right? but a lot of them, you know, pay them by the hour or, or sign up for my monthly coaching program. It just happens to be financial related. They mm -hmm. just can't give specific investment advice, but being, you know, tell people how to budget better, which credit card to use, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, whether or not to use this type of insurance or that, it's all opinion, really, at the end of the day. 
It's just they're not getting paid from the actual financial vehicle. Somebody can walk up and just say, hey, I want to join your you know, $100 a month coaching program. Stay as long as you want. Like that's There's no rules against that. Just don't give investment advice. <laughs> that's what you're recommending the stocks and bonds. You start doing that, you can get in trouble. Just don't recommend stocks. The Series 65 allows you to give that investment advice. Is that correct? Correct. All right. So can you coach me a little bit more on what that registration permits you to do in this space? So the Series 65, I mean, really, for somebody entering the industry, they're only going to use it for one way. Basically, they're going to be working with a client and the client's going to you know, want to have their money managed in some capacity. And so that individual advisor then makes a relationship with third-party money managers. Mm-hmm. And so there's fees involved and everybody gets their little cut. That's how we make a living in this industry. And the 65 simply allows you to get paid by the third-party money manager, even though they're doing the money management for your client. So it's kind of like multi-levels of... And unfortunately, that's how the industry works. There's just there's level after level of of people taking their cut. Luckily, there's new ways to do it with technology that takes a lot of those middlemen off the table. But you know, in order to get paid from that, you'd have to uh, have the Series 65. Some people, you know, they hey, I like doing my own stocks trading. I got some friends who hey want to give me their money to manage it for them. You can actually create your own fund. By having a series 65. Some people open a registered investment advisory, a whole firm just by themselves, just themselves mm-hmm. in a website. And they want to do that financial coaching or whatever, but they think they're giving investment advice. All you need is a series 65 and you can start a firm. Wow. That's amazing. Can't be that easy. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I did. I did it once and realized that's not what I wanted to do. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of these bloggers end up starting a firm, which is really just them and a website. Yeah. So when did you get the Series 65 and did you study for it? Yes. I got it when I got my Series 6 and 63 way back in 2008. And yeah, it was just kind of, you know, my firm was doing the mutual fund stuff and doing this kind of third-party asset management stuff. So I had access to all of it because I had the license. Most people will go one route or the other. I just happen to have gone both, and I'm glad I did. But really, studying for the Series 63 and, and 6 gave me everything I needed for the 65. Mm-hmm. It was the same type of stuff. It, you know, A month or two of studying, just depending on how you know, worried you are about taking tests. But it's, it's not anything anybody can't get through. But unlike a Series 7, for example, which is way more complicated, it's like a seven-hour test, I think, or something, or used Mm -hmm. to be. You know, 65, you can get done in less than two hours. So how is the Series 65 and the insurance sales license a strategic advantage to people who are looking to work remotely? Maybe not necessarily start their own company, but definitely get hired with an organization that allows them to work virtually and give them that freedom. Yeah. I mean, the reality is in this industry, nobody's straight up hiring anybody. I mean, some do, they put it, they dangle a little carrot out there, but then you're ended, you end up paying them back if you succeed. 95% failure rate in this industry tells us that they're making so much money that they're willing to take those risks. Oh, come on, you know, get all these licenses, you know, work with us for a few years. Really, they just want all your, your contacts. By using either the life license or the 65 license or a combination of the two, you become attractive to many, many smaller firms who are also looking to grow, but it's very hard to recruit in this industry. So really you hold the leg up, but instead of just coming in and say, hi, you know, come in, teach me how to do this industry here. Let me tell you a little secret just between you you and me. (laughs) Guess what? The licenses aren't what get you ahead. Being a good financial advisor is what will get you ahead. It's being a good person, a good networker, someone who can communicate well. Build those skill sets up, bring those to a firm, and you know they'll help you get the licenses because they're going to love the way you can kind of communicate the value that they and you can bring to them. That's how people get paid and do well in this industry. And if you are really, really good at it, yeah, I, I'm sure people would actually hire you and pay you and it w- you wouldn't even need the license. The real trick of this industry is to be a good networker and relationship builder. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So what I'm hearing is 
having these licenses, having the know-how gives you the leg up in the career market. But the one thing that you have to also be good at, which I think reflects on your personality type, is you've got to be a good person and you've got to be great at networking and making friends. And that's so common, though, because people do business with other people who they know, like, and trust. So what good is it going to do you to have all of these certifications if people don't know, like, and trust you? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And that's just kind of unfortunate. It's like we get brought into this industry thinking, this is your new identity. You know, Take off your rank and put on, you're now a licensed financial professional, and therefore, you are the expert and you will get clients. Well, so are the other 50,000 certified financial planners out there. What sets you apart to be different? Mm-hmm. So, but again, in this day and age with things like LinkedIn and YouTube and podcasting, you don't have to convince everybody. You just want to attract the people whom you're meant to serve. And you, know, you learn to communicate. I want to repel people I'm not meant to. I'm not trying to convince everybody to come work with me. Of course not. But for the right ones, man, we're a great fit and we do so much better then when I was at my old firm where it kind of was like everybody came to me out of fear, like, oh, I got to do this financial thing. And so I was doing what I thought was in their best interest, but I wasn't ever told to ask them, what do you really want to do with your life? And even if I did, a lot of them didn't know because they didn't think they were allowed to. They're just like, I got to work and save for retirement. Well, the world's changed and people are finding a lot more opportunities, just like what you're offering here with Vertforce. Very inspiring. Thank you. So what advice would you give to someone who's interested in getting started with the insurance license or the Series 65? Talk to as many people in the industry as possible. Try to figure out like, you know, do I even want to work with another firm? Can I go to be independent? Do I want to be an advisor? Do I feel comfortable? Do I understand how to get paid in this industry to, to actually survive? You know, that's where having those conversations you know, understanding people's perspective, because there's a lot of different layers that many professionals in the industry only know their little slice of the pie. Mm-hmm. And there's so many more opportunities out there. So I would just say, you know, start to network around. And guess what? That's going to help you practice networking. <laughs> so that would be where I would start is have as many. I only had one conversation when I entered this industry with one person. And so for two years, I sat there just looking at this one guy thinking, thinking he was going <laughs> to solve the puzzle for me. And it was hearsay to go talk to anybody else or whatever. So you know, you're going to get, you know, I'm going to have one opinion, but you know, I'm talking to very specific types of people. You really got to understand what's going on in this space and where you think you can fit in. But The reality is that might change even after you're in the industry for a year or two. So at least know what else is out there so you can kind of bounce around because that's probably going to happen anyways. You might as well do it intentionally. Got it. One more question for you, for our listeners. Regarding certifications in general, what other advice would you offer to our military spouse and service member listeners? And bear in mind, everybody's looking to work from home. Then... The best thing you do is learn the digital skill sets. I mean, you could teach yourself how to do some of this stuff in a weekend and and apply it. I mean, I taught myself how to do SEO on a website in a weekend. I started applying it on Monday and within a week I started seeing results. Now I was doing it for my own company and business, but you know, imagine I walked to some local business who's like, I got a website, but I don't know what to do with it. And you took those skill sets of them, you know, that can get you hired. So it doesn't necessarily have to be in the financial industry, but you know, what, what could work in this industry can work in any others, but you know, get on YouTube, start reading books about these topics. You're not going to get this stuff at a university or when you go get an MBA, but the good thing is you can do it a lot cheaper and a lot quicker. Get on things like Skillshare and start to, you know, dabble in these different modern sales and marketing skill sets because they're going to help you. Even if you don't get into sales and marketing, they're just going to help you out. Because the reality is, this is where the world's going. Technology always wins. We don't ride horses to work anymore. We ride horses for fun. <laughs> and, and so that's going to happen. Either get ahead of the game for your own self or, or get left behind. And unfortunately, that's just the way innovation works. It's just happening quicker than ever right now. It's it's quite fascinating. But you know that's what I fear for our our military veteran families that are, you know, really, when you're in the military, you you can't carry this around with you all day, can't carry your iPhone, you know, into secure facilities on deployment, 
So how many hours of that digital, of that time, that skill set development, just literally learning how to use the phone, are, are we behind our civilian counterparts? Like when I talk to veterans who don't know what Google Drive is, geez, that, that's pretty scary because that's a very, very basic thing. You know, how do you use Google Drive and all the skill sets around, you know, G Suite? We got to know those things if we're going into a, a modern work environment. Absolutely. You're so right. Technology does always win. And we're seeing that as a in a theme in this series that we're doing, certs that get you hashtag hired. So many of them revolve around technology or they they don't stop at just the education platform or the, the content. They go beyond that and go into the software that you need to figure it out. Like the financial firm would much rather hire you if you can bring legit digital skill sets to them versus yet another licensed person. They can get you like you bring you can use the digital skill set to bring in business. They'll get you the license later on if they need to pay you that way. Mm-hmm. But thank you. That's how you get ahead. All right, Scott, thank you for sharing your career journey with us and enlightening us on these many different certifications available to our community. If you'd like to connect with Scott, you can find him on LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Scott R. Tucker. You can also find him on YouTube and Twitter at the Scott R. Tucker and usvetwealth.com. Of course, we'll have all of these links in the show notes. This has been another installment of our series, Certs That Get You Hashtag Hired on the Vertforce podcast. If you've decided to pursue one of the certifications Scott shared with us, write us and let us know. Podcast at vertforce.us is where you can reach us. If you appreciate this content, share it with a fellow military spouse, remote team member, or just a friend. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss another episode in this series, Certs That Get You, Hashtag Hired. All right, Vert Force, that is it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate our podcast, and leave us a review. We really love hearing from you. If you need to find the show notes, which include all of the resources we discussed in this episode, you can find those at vertforce.us. Guys, I'm serious when I say we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for an episode or a question, email us at support at vertforce.us. As a reminder, all content associated with the Vertforce podcast is the intellectual property of Vertforce LLC. All right, catch you next week.